0: Tomorrow morning, it's like, oh wow! Somebody
1: <laughs> likes your <somebody laughs> crab rangoon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it,
2: it, yes, it was my first time eating crab rangoon. It was great.
3: Yeah. Awesome.
2: Fantastic. We also are now. Well, now we're recording. Oh, I should have hit wrong. record like ten minutes ago, but that's okay.
3: Well, at least we're
0: very on par in terms of. Uh, so who's going to win the gold the in, and, uh, in Tokyo at the heavyweight division for wrestling
2: Oh, that's that's coming up this year, isn't it? Or, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, this, technically, 2020, 2020 technically, Summer Games. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh man, that's know, crazy. Yeah. I, I haven't followed like uh, amateur like wrestling Eagle. in so long, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's, it's is so Burroughs weird.
0: Still like a thing.
2: I think Jordan Burroughs is. What still a thing. What about the guy Canadian. from
0: Ohio State that won the or lost to the guy from the Russia thing? Shorty G. There's one guy from Ohio State. that's a white guy. He's like <laughs> a monster actually, heavyweight. I He's like 41. He, he won about. the world yeah. championships or you won the gold medal and then lost world disrespect guy.
2: I think so. I'm not sure. I'm not. Yeah, I haven't really followed it that much. That's that's the extent of my knowledge.
0: How about uh, no talking real sports? Yeah. <laughs> Wrestling. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're talking, right, hold up! Hold up! I gotta go. It's still real to me. Yeah. It's still real to me. Wrestling's me. a real
3: sport. It's real to a lot of people. So seriously, though, how do we want to start this? Do you want to kick it off? Let's.
2: We'll just kick it off like that. I mean, we've already. We're, this is. This is all going in. Oh I'm not well, fuck! <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, let's talk about why we're here. How about that? that
2: Let, yeah. Thank you, guys. Whoever's listening, if anybody is listening, uh, this is. Freelance Wrestling's 2019 Year-End Review. Uh, I'm marvelous Matt Nix, the host of My Violet Tendencies. Uh, Joined with me now is the the four of the five voices of Freelance. We have Sterling, KML, Kirby, and Val. Yo, and I go by Zach
3: Thompson today. <laughs> and yeah. And filling in for Zach who's not here today. <laughs> That's
1: so cool.
2: But uh, but yeah, I, I think. Uh, even uh, yeah, obviously this is my podcast show. I think, but uh, I feel like I'm not the one that is the most well equipped to take <laughs> take the lead on on a on a year end review like the, uh, of this stature, especially of a great year that freelance has had. I think like we had a pretty phenomenal phenomenal year, and uh, I oh, think you guys
1: seem you guys
2: are all uh, that's his, that's his happy <laughs> dance over there.
1: He's just looking uh, for college.
3: KML is the curmudge, yes. curmudgeonly one. That's the uh, kayfabe. I'm not. So it's just the character I play.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like uh, we don't really have like a like too much of a format for this. Uh, they rejected UGU. my format. We, we literally <laughs> were like, as we sat down, we're we were like, "What economy. are we going to talk about?" Because I mean, last year, if anybody listened to last year, and if you want to, you definitely can, because mm-hmm. it's still up in this uh, yeah, okay. podcast feed. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, we, last year we, we sat down and we talked about the year and we, we literally, I think we went through every show, show by show and kind of talked about each show. Minute by minute. Minute by minute.
3: laborious. We wanted to scrap that kind of agenda sort of thing. Yeah. I don't think
2: anybody, nobody cares too much about that. And if you do, then. It was also
3: the only three out of five stars that, uh, Nick got in the review store for last year. So
2: (laughs) yeah, it it was, it was a rough year for me back, (laughs) back then, but uh, but no, we, I think, we we, think we, we we kind of put our heads together and, and somehow figured out a, a decent structure of what we we're going to talk about today. And I think it's only natural that Sterling maybe takes the lead on this. He's kind of <laughs> the
3: I'm problem.
2: forcing him to do
3: it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm being voluntold, so no, uh, there's a lot of things we could just talk about and riff on for a long time, especially for 2019 and what 2019 was for freelance, there were a lot of milestones we're going to get in and talk a little bit about rivalries, uh, I am stealing the uh, format that KML has put together, but we're just going to kind of loosely follow it throughout the, the dais today, but we're going to talk about rivalries, we're going to talk about storylines that were told over the course of the year, just the... Uh, the up-and-coming uh, talent and athletes that were featured on shows this year, um, and then also talk a little bit about looking forward, too, because it's also it's you know not about dwelling in the past, but also talking about 2020, and we'll talk about that and what that means for freelance. So um, I'll go ahead and just kick it off and kind of open the door sort of thing. There was a lot of different rivalries and storylines told in the year. I want to kind of go around round table and ask just – what was one that really stuck out to you? And then we can just kind of riff on that for a little bit and then maybe talk about a few others. So, um, Kamo, was there one that really resonated with you? You got to see all the action sitting next to me in a very comfortable chair, and Zach was there too.
0: What I loved about, like, we talk about rivalries, is that, like, two of the, quote, like, kind of three big rivalries in this here were very interconnected, right? So you're talking about I, Candy and Effie, uh, Is and Pat Monix. In a lot of ways, they were the same story or like they definitely had a There was a lot of crossover. yeah there was a lot of crossover and like right. in my head like as the playbook like i i thought of it as like this is like eye candy's fall from grace not that like he wasn't a heel before but if you think about like
3: well, yes yeah, so it was it was came out that was rigging the votes for uh eye candy right so <laughs> like you look
0: at like for my so in my mind it's like eye candy Elliot uh had all the success that started 2019 right mm-hmm. and then as he wins the legacy championship all of his friendships kind of like Go away. Him and Effie were friends. They posted a lot on social media about that. Him and Pat Monix were friends. They were, and they had posted about that. And then those, and then, in the same night, basically, those two things kind of like went away. And in my mind, it was kind of like his fall of grace is kind of the connected
3: thread of these two rivalries. It was really the biggest cog, I think, in the whole wheel that was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of the glue... Val, you've been very, very, <laughs> uh, very upset that I I, Candy was not uh, I in some quite, of the end of year awards, which we'll talk about as well. So I
1: quite literally wore this shirt today because <laughs> um, I was not happy that he is not one of the nominees for Wrestler of the Year. And I don't feel it's appropriate as a backstage correspondent and uh, fill in ring announcer for my pro curvy over here. <laughs> I don't feel it's appropriate for me personally to vote in that because Mm -hmm. I work with Freelance. But I think I, Candy Elliott, would be my vote for wrestler of the year. I just, as you said, he was kind of a, you know, the catalyst of all this spew. Whether it was delicious or horrific, it was damn entertaining.
2: He definitely had like an intricate part to a lot of the storylines. Like you said, like a lot of the crossover between his story with uh, with Effie and then like the Isaiah's Pat story. story. Um, but also just like, you know, being crowned the first ever freelance legacy champion this year. Absolutely. And, you know, coming from, you know, where he started on, you know, coming to freelance shows, just setting up chairs and helping set up the ring and just hoping to get on a show to, you know, being in, you know, some high profile matches, you know, is, is a pretty – pretty substantial jump for somebody.
3: His story is probably one of my favorites. And, and Val, I think if there, me personally, I think if there was like a comeback person of the year award, it would be I Candy Elliott. We sat around, uh, you weren't here last year, but we sat around last year and we talked about it and I revisited that podcast, which you can do because it's in the archives from last year's review. Um, the fans literally last November were chanting other guy to yeah. I Candy But well, So is
1: that <laughs> a comeback? this
3: year... To this year now being not only a champion, but also being chanted for in the very last month of the year. That is like a rags to riches, like uh, like a wrestler's pipe dream, I think, in terms of just being showcased and putting in the effort and the fans really getting behind an individual. So maybe not comeback, maybe in the traditional sense, like from the, the uh, injured reserve list or something like that. But really just a, a, a true showcase, I think, or elevation of just one's talent in the year. He definitely, he definitely earned his keep. For sure,
4: yeah. it was definitely the idea of him coming into his own, Yeah. right? Because right? you know he was he was getting attention, but even as he was getting attention, mm-hmm. he was getting attention from like a joke standpoint, right? Other guy, yeah. You know they weren't really look, you know, seeing him for him, and he just ran with it. I think if anything, that probably fueled him a lot. Yeah. Um. You know, some of the best things in wrestling and in life and and things come from. Adversity, right? You build on that. You're like, oh, they don't like this about me. Well, I'm going to show them. And he did. He showed everybody that you know he is a force to be dealt with in freelancing, in and out, in and all through these storylines. First champion, first legacy champion, as we said. Um, yeah, he had a heck of a year. I wouldn't so much called a comeback, mm-hmm. but a, a, a coming into his zone yeah. or, or a coming of age story, something along that line. Yeah. I mean,
1: that's 100% why, to me, when you say Wrestler of the Year, I feel like you have to have all those pieces. You have to have the fans behind you. You have to have them against you. You have to weave that story throughout the year. And while oh, yeah. the other nominees were quite phenomenal as well, I just feel like Freelance, we missed the boat in not nominating mm. I Candy I, Not just because no, he's a handsome no. devil. <laughs> those are the, the most Ring.
0: discernible story of anyone in the company, right? Starting yeah. in February, beat Sonny Kiss, first singles victory in Freelance, right? Yep. Goes on a streak. Beats guys like Joey Ryan, wins the triple threat uh, in between, uh, and then wins the Legacy Championship. And then he has his big feud with not only Effie, but with Pat Monix, and it goes all the way to December. Was unde- yeah.
3: undefeated for most of the until, year. until So
0: he didn't lose a match. He didn't get pinned until November, right? And then he loses in December. So you have like this full arc that almost goes like it goes from one end to the other, right? Starts the year as kind of like a relative nobody, becomes this kind of star, and then kind of ends it on the sour note. Like Yeah, there's just... This entire story was told over twenty nineteen. It's actually really beautiful. Wow. I
1: mean, I feel like uh, you know, who knows what's gonna happen for him next year if he's even gonna come back to us because he's really not happy with the way this year ended yeah. and to have freelance not be behind him is not gonna help anything. He
2: did post something. He know. I've tried I've tried texting and calling him and, and no
1: response. You know, he's one
2: of my one of my close friends and you know, I if you're listening, please you know, please text me back. Like I, I I can't to... lose another one. <laughs> yeah. I, split,
0: I split Ubers with him going home. We live like, pretty close to
3: each other, so that's going to screw me over, too. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shit. All Is right. there a specific match or something that kind of stuck out to you, Val, from the last year from iCandy that you really thought was kind of a pivotal moment for
1: him? I mean, I really... So we were kind of talking before we started recording about each one of us having like a favorite moment in freelance, and I would say my favorite moment overall was Sleepless in Chicago, I want to say that was our February show, right? And that was the match against Sunny Kiss. And it was such a phenomenal match. And just knowing how much eye candy has worked to get to that point and to have the entire freelance faithful recognize that and appreciate it. it, That's definitely when things switched over for me. I mean, I was already, I'm a fan of everybody. Let's be honest. Like I'm a lady mark (laughs) for everyone. We love everyone. Yeah, (laughs) I love everyone. I mean, come on, except for Frank the Clown. But like, (laughs) Well, (laughs) but that was the moment where I was like, this dude is gonna be something, like something big. The fact that nobody knew who he was, and it was more like the comedy of like, oh no, his bum popped out because his trunks kind of, you know, like that was the matches that we were seeing in the past, and it was the unfortunate pairing of him and Pat Monix, and you know. Yeah. I mean, it was cool like but watching him progress as a single star and I do mean a star like that match with sunny kiss was just chef's kiss and,
2: and not to change the subject too much but like you 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 talk about the unfortunate pairing of Pat monix and and Eddie I uh, candy Elliot uh, Pat monix is another one who had like a phenomenal phenomenal year like you know coming yeah. back to freelance uh after you know having you know, spent some time away off and uh, and yeah, like really kind of just like coming back to like a, a very open-armed welcome from from the crowd and just kind of yeah. uh, coming into his own as well. Like I think he learned a lot about himself uh, on his way to like this phenomenal uh, feud and match that he had with Isaiah Velasquez.
3: I think, um, you know, a lot of us at this table, actually all of us at this table have seen um, Project Monix continue to grow month after month, year after year. I remember – Pat's like first match in the area sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. When and, he had his
1: phone number on his butt. Yeah. When he was part of the STDs. The mm.
2: STDs. <laughs> Super one tough time for two's. the one
1: time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we saw his first title uh, was at Taco Fest. At the Lakeview Taco Fest. When, yeah, winning when the yeah. Freelance uh, Underground yeah.
2: uh, Independent Championship.
3: Yep. He held that belt for well over 600 days and just recently lost it. But um, Monix is one that I've just been one to see more and more from, especially in Freelance. Uh, went on hiatus for some time and returned in, and came out as our resident fact, fact checker slash historian back in May at the freelance rumble. Yeah, better, yeah
0: second yes. uh, second And Like and what I remember like vividly. So we're sitting on commentary. As comes out, he's the first entrant, and then like you hear like Monica's music comes out, and it's like not it's not music he's ever used at freelance before, mm-hmm. but like you could hear like on the headsets, everyone's like he's back, he's back, he's back before he comes out and was like all right, like good. Like this is, this is is the exact response we wanted. Perfect. I was like, all right, this is, this is going to work out perfectly.
2: So like, and they, and it it did. And, and, uh, you know, he's definitely probably one of the crowds, most favorite, you know, wrestlers that we have. And, and it took a little bit for them to kind of like fully embrace him. But, but honestly, by the end of, by the end of this year, like, you know, Pat Monix is, He's looking to have a a big year in 2020. I can I can feel it.
3: Yeah, Isaiah and I mean, Isaiah and Monix tore it up at the end of the year. At War's inevitable and probably one of the most hardcore matches we've had in freelance, probably ever. I mean, they took each other to the limit. Um, There was you know there was was doors glass uh, thumbtacks. There was on stages. There was the stage. You know uh, we're very. (laughs) I feel we're very blessed and very fortunate to have just so many great storytellers in freelance. So many folks that want to sink their teeth into something, um, and really have it, s- see it to the end and really put their all into it. And two individuals, um, that we're talking about right now is Isaiah and-, and Monix and all year they continue to just up the bar. Um, we saw the emergence of the, uh, I hear some people call them the school or the academy. Shout out to, and shout out to in the face. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Ashton Braven and Dean Jacobs the elements of them being incorporated um it it really was just uh an ultimate roller coaster of just ups and downs for Monix and ultimately at the end it was just him coming out on top but it it took going to another level and a level I've never seen either of those two go get to
2: yeah i agree and uh like you said with the the you know academy or the school mm-hmm. um it was it you know with our Establish establishing a, a you know a proper uh, wrestling school this year uh, with freelance and and you know with Isaiah and and Bryce Benjamin being the the head trainers of that school like it's been incredible like we've seen so many of those those students Davey kind of Bang. like Davy Bang, August Matthews, August Matthews uh,
1: yep. just Elena Black Elena Black. Black
2: like so many of these like these young hungry uh, up and coming uh, wrestlers that are just like you know it's, it's, it's an, a, te- a testament to, you know, what those guys have, have cultivated there as far as like these driven, hungry, uh, people that are just ready to, to learn and, and they just love wrestling. And, and they're some of the most wonderful human beings that I've ever <laughs> interacted with. I mean, they, uh, seeing their drive and passion is, is something that kind of like m- motivates me as well, because yeah. like, I, I see that and I'd be like, Oh man, like, I remember when I was that excited about like just any, <laughs> any booking that I got, and like, you know, you kind of you kind of lose sight of that. You know, being involved in, in wrestling for you know a, as long as I've been in the business, <laughs> you know, I've only been I've only been wrestling for about ten years, Brother. but like, that, and that's in retrospect not a long time, but you know, it kind of is, and you you kind of like get away from a lot of that, and you you lose sight of it, and and it's it's really refreshing and and nice to see that oh. uh, it, from like. You know, at its, at its intimacy, basically, or... Infancy. Infancy, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, intimacy, too. It's very intimate, too. We, we, have, we have very fun practices. Yeah.
4: I like that. Well, one of the best things that I've seen about them is they've been real ambassadors for not just the school, but for the company. Um, they're not just working freelance, obviously. They're getting out there and working all these other dates, traveling together, working together, working different shows around Chicago, and they're just, they're still known as like the freelance kids. And I like that. I like that a lot. I think they're great ambassadors for the sport and for the company. And, you know, there's, I start to see other people and other like green kids working shows. And it's just like, you start to see those conversations like, oh, where were you guys trained? Stuff like that, you know? So I just see it hopefully spitballing into more and more people seeing the way they're doing it and seeing the way they're being accepted in the business as seeing like, wow, this is a good route to go.
2: And uh, and I, a lot of times too, like I know it means a lot to me and I know it means a lot to Isaiah and, and Bryce as well. Like the amount of like, you know, after like a weekend of, of wrestling or whatever, I'll, I'll wake up on Monday and, and I'll get like, I'll wake up to messages from like other promoters, other wrestlers from like other shows that are just like, Hey, we had a couple of your your kids out here and man, I just wanted to let you know like you guys are really doing a good job over there. These kids like they were like the, you know, first ones to help break down the ring, first ones to help clean up stuff and like they were the last ones to leave and they kept asking if there's anything else they can do and you know, like that that that's awesome because like it just it just shows that like we're not just training good wrestlers, but we're also like we have Good human beings with training, us as well.
1: Training people that are good for wrestling too. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. it's not just for freelance. It's wrestling as a whole. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen tweets from promoters all over the Midwest and now a little bit in the South as well saying, yeah. "Man, these freelance kids," and all of them work so hard.
3: I think one of the one of the things I was going to say is it, it goes back to really the the message that has been instilled to them <clears throat> from their trainers, and I think this is where it should start for anyone in the wrestling business is the credo they've adopted is be a good human first Mm -hmm. and then become a good wrestler. If you're not a good human, then there's really no reason you should be in the wrestling business. And if you start there, you know what I mean? And it takes some weed down and some understanding and things like that. But I think what they've all taken to that and you see them, they're consistently rising up and (laughs) and elevating everyone around them. You want to surround yourself by people that are going to be your best champion. They're going to be your best corner person. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think that 's exactly what kind of the freelance wrestling academy students have done to each other around them so um it's it 's incredibly gracious to see and I hope it 's rewarding for yourself as well for uh, isaiah and bryce um, and yeah. we oh, go ahead, oh no, you please finish, yeah, no, I was just going to say we talked a little bit about Isaiah, but I think one of the things that we 're uh, that we forget just uh, because of, there's just been so much that has happened this year, is kind of the first part of the year with Isaiah Velasquez, becoming the two-time freelance wrestling world champion. Um, it had a, a very uh, a short run, and I say that only because his initial reign was 364, and how many? 364,
0: 2358, but there is some controversy about that. So, it's okay. claimed, it's, three, it's, it's uh, 364, 2359. I think you. I think Nick's claimed at one point it was 354, three fifty four twenty three forty nine. Regardless, damn close. It's
3: very close to being a one year reign initially, or the first time as freelance world champion. I think a lot of that um, just got overshadowed just by his body of work really in the second half of the year. And um, um, but we did start the year off with uh, a new freelance world champion. Uh, in February, Kylie Rae becoming the freelance world champion. Woo. Um, Ooh, and then I we also, the
1: Arsenio Hall fist pump. So <laughs> oh, yeah. I had to. Oh yeah. That's another reason why Sleepless in Chicago was my, I know it was in February. I yep. know it's the shortest month, but that was my favorite month of freelance. Yeah. I don't know if it's freelance, February, fabulous, whatever. It was, <laughs> it was perfect was a lot of that. Was watching Kylie Ray
3: take that title. Yep. Uh, so I agree with Val. That was actually my favorite show of the year, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, just maybe some of the Lancies. We'll get into that here it's in a little get bit. Heated. But um, mm-hmm. that was personally my favorite show of the year, especially because of how crescendoed at the end with Kylie capturing the Freelance World Championship. But uh, we'd also be remiss to say we also ended the year. We bookended the year with Kylie also becoming Freelance World Champion for the second time, in an incredible two main time event. Uh, t- there's two, two two-time. Two that's a tongue twister, two, two time, two, two time champions. Two, two, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you guys get the point. And <laughs> also, our
0: third big rivalry of the year kind of culminated, or at least mm-hmm. we believe it's culminated, yeah, uh, at a war, of, war is Inevitable when Kelly became our second two time champ. So, I guess just kind of just initial thoughts about Ethan Page versus Kelly Ray and kind of like, how that kind of was like, a, you know, the other kind
2: of big threat of 2019. I, uh, for me, it was, it was really fun to watch because it was, it was like, I'm like, I know this is kind of like a, a cliche, but a, a modern day David and Goliath kind of story where like all goes like this giant hulking man and, and, and Kylie, the, the plucky underdog and him kind of just like mauling her essentially in, in when he took the t- uh, title off of her and and kind of seeing how, how it kind of ended towards the end of the year with their match in November and how she, she kind of took him to the limit and arguably beat him then for the title, uh, right. if it wasn't for Andy Long. <laughs> um, and then just ultimately finishing off the year with a very decisive victory was uh, was really fun to see.
3: I also felt like it was, you know, just like it, it was just a great story overall regardless of gender and things like that. It, they just tell a really good story the two of them and 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 Paige just um he would get on the mic and he would say things that would really get under anyone's skin realistically and drive a nerve for anyone. And um and the matches that they had, uh three matches this year, right?
0: So yeah, three matches so April, November, and December.
3: Mhm. So three matches culminating in the two out of three falls at the end of the year was um just great great body of work which isn't
1: that appropriate that they had three matches and the final determination was best of three falls yeah you know yeah. Um, one of the things that I wanted to say was man I I started out at freelance as a fan like, I was one of the first jerks dancing every time Space Monkeys' music hit, you know, and I was screaming <laughs> Fan-making Stevie. Fan-making Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Stevie, 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 F- Stevie. You know, like, the whole nine yards. I was dancing with Shigdi. I love GPA, and now I am GP hate, right? Uh-huh. And Mustafa Ali Ooh. is forever my champion. Like, I love Freelance dearly. I have never seen such visceral hate pour out of the fans I mean, people really love to hate Andy Long.
3: Two yeah. Juice <laughs> yeah, represent, but juice. I
1: have, people won't even talk to me. I try to interview people after the show, and I got one person to talk to me because people were so pissed off yeah. at yeah. that outcome with the uh, reversal of the decision of you know Kylie being disqualified for kicking Andy Long in the face. But it it was so insane to watch it go from such like visceral hate to like ultimate joy. I mean, people crying. Yeah. You know, once yeah. you retain the title. I mean, or Reg- re- regain re- the it. title. Thank yeah. you. I mean, it was just awesome. It was awesome to see as a fan, as a worker for freelance, it was just such a wonderful feeling what a, what a high note to end the year on. Yeah.
2: And let let it's, me, oh, go ahead.
0: Sorry. Yeah. Let me posit a question that like, I saw Sterling already posted about this before. I feel like you can make an argument, especially if you're talking about in terms of like the American style of like really making people feel that like, is there a better wrestler right now than Cali Ray? She's absurdly good. Because she has a baby face, she is absurdly good.
3: Yeah, I have posted about this, like you mentioned, time Mm -hmm. and time again. I think, hands down, based on body of work, that Kylie Ray is the best wrestler in the world. um, More than a lot of other wrestlers, and maybe it's just because I see her more often. But literally, the the, the emotions, the way she can draw in a crowd, the way um, the crowd gets emotionally invested with her... Um, her, her, her selling, her moves are crisp. Um, she's passionate about stories. Like she's a nice human being. She's, she's
1: really fun to interview.
3: (laughs) Very fun to interview. Uh, Um, just like literally checks all the boxes, I think, for Mm -hmm. what a professional wrestler should be. And, um, easily, easily my wrestler of the year, the top wrestler, I think that's available or that's out there right now.
2: She just, and she just has that, like that charisma and like Mm -hmm. that ability to connect with the audience that like some people can never do or never configure that. You can't teach that. It's just, it's something that just happens organically. And like for somebody like Kylie, it's just, it happened so easily. Yeah. And you know, like you said, like there's, it, you know, there's it, like uh, to get with another cliche again. Uh, that's, that's, I'm <laughs> I'm full of them. My violet cliches. My, vi- <laughs> <laughs> My cliche tendencies. Um, she's she's got that it factor that yeah. like is,
3: you know, it shows. Yeah, you're right. Um, there was uh, so we talked a little bit about Paige. We talked about Kylie Ray. Um, there are a lot of really cool moments and milestones I think for freelance in 2019 uh one of the biggest ones is 50 shows
2: 50 <laughs> talk shows. about it yeah
3: get over or die trying oh,
2: man. <laughs> and boy did we truth.
3: boy did we try um uh, they tried to kill us in the abbey but no
2: it's still alive and and you know I I posted about this like when 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 it happened in, in August but um you know who who would have thought that like something that that like like most indie shows don't really or I should say indie companies like uh, i've seen so many come and go mm-hmm. and especially some some that have had substantial a substantial amount of buzz uh more than freelance probably ever had um and just you know going tits up and yeah it's it's pretty wild to see what we've been able to 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 do and to stick around for as long as we have. Uh, and like you said, milestones like we in the matter of a couple months, we, in June we celebrated our five year anniversary Yep. and then two shows later was our 50th show. Uh, it would have been pretty awesome if it lined up together on the same show, but have been sick. you know, but like it's, it's, it's still, it's still weird to me because like, you know, when, when freelance started and I've told the story like a thousand times, but like it really was just like, it was me just kind of being like fed up with wrestling and, and just Bitter and and tired of just all the bullshit and just being like, you know what? Me and my buddies used to have so much fun just fucking around in our backyard. It would be so much fun if we can recreate that like energy in like an indie, indie uh, independent wrestling environment. And you know, we did the the first couple freelance shows at the Abbey, and it was just like, oh, this is fun. And then like every show after that, just kind of like it started to grow, and and, yeah. and the audience like became more engaged and like it was just it got, it it really another cliche <laughs> took on a life of its own yep. and you know it's grown to to what it is today and we have like you know freelance's home you know freelance's yeah. family you know like people like you know people are like really really invested in like not just like individual wrestlers or just like the wrestling show in general but they like they legitimately come to freelance because they feel connected to this environment that we've kind of cultivated and i'm pretty damn proud of that yeah, like it's it's you should it's, be it's wild. wild i
3: think um I,
2: I would
4: definitely like to expound on that um you know it's it's again we talk cliches it's cliche to say but the crowd makes or breaks a show they absolutely do in most instances yeah and for us i think the crowd has had played such a big part in making shows for us they're so vocal They're so passionate, and I know I've told this story at other places. I don't know if I brought it up last year during this podcast, but when we first did our Halloween gimmick battle royal, the very first one we did. My favorite
2: match of all time.
4: (laughs) Certainly one of mine as well, but I don't know if you've heard me say this before, but I have said it. When you handed me the piece of paper and told me about it, I looked at it and I said to myself, this is bullshit. This is the worst idea I have ever seen. I didn't Are say you it to wrong. No, I'm you glad you were Literally
0: he you said those words on the podcast last year. Did I it, did it you, phrase, okay. you phrased it exactly the same? Okay, well, no, no, keep going. No, that's yeah, fair. It, <laughs> it's,
4: it, it, it it's important, I guess, that I repeated them because it is such an such a integral thing that the fans made that match for me. <clears throat> the fans made that match for the building for everything because that match shouldn't have worked. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it really should have been But it's so fast. stupid. We had
2: people dressing up like the like DX and the Rock Correct. And-
4: There's no reason that should have worked except for that crowd. And I tell people when they come up to me and tell me, you know, great show, great show, I tell them all the time, well, half of that, if not 90% of that is on you guys. And it's show after show after show that they show up. And I want to take it in a little bit of a different direction is the passion that they show for the products that we give them is huge. But the passion they show just for the company and for each other is also huge. There are a lot of people that come up to me at shows that don't have the best lives, that have either um, just things they're going through, mental health issues, and there's a lot of people that the one place they feel good, the one place they feel accepted part of something is at freelance. I'll um, oh, see if that wants to jump in. Go ahead. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah.
1: Actually, that was the, when we were discussing like what our favorite moment of 2019 was, is I had one of my very dear friends who I used to play roller derby with. She's the reason why I started going to freelance because I've been going to wrestling since I was three, four years old and I'm a little bit older than that now. But she started bringing me um, right when Freelance started at Bottom Lounge. Mm -hmm. And so I just fell in love right away. I loved Kirby's announcing. I loved the whole atmosphere. I loved people banging on the the ring. Like, it was great. But then, flash forward a few years later, and again, I'm going to say this over and over, that February show meant so much to me because she looked at me and we were, like, ready to cry over it. We had people of color on that show. We had people of the LGBTQ plus community. We had a wrestler with cerebral palsy. We have our first ever female world champion. Like how amazing is that? What other promotion can say that? And as Kirby said, a lot of people don't have the best lives outside of our little bubble that we call family. And it's so important that they come here and they find joy and they find a little contempt and sometimes a little hatred. Mm -hmm. But in the best of ways and just knowing what a difference this all makes to people is what's making me get yeah. choked up right now. So there you go guys.
4: I mean you have fans that have become, you know, part of helping out, driving guys around. You know mm-hmm. I mean, yeah.
2: shout out to Hank. Uh, shout out to Hank, you know
4: picking up picking up a camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to Enrique. Enrique you know, I mean, there's so many things helping tear down the ring. I mean there's so many things that our fans will do just to be a part of it. And not in that weird you know stalker marquee kind of thing where they're just it's just genuine it's yeah. just genuine just they love people. the product they love yeah. us they're good people and it's just all become a family home cliche cliche cliche, cliche. yeah but, but it's, it's not
2: true, right it's not but it is very true you know like and, and obviously cliches exist for a reason and you know uh you, you, you like you brought up the, the the idea of like the you know the in February uh, we had so much so much inclusiveness so much
1: diversity and, and not for being not for pandering or anything no and, and it's funny because like are. you
2: you brought that up to me and some and a couple other people have said it as well and I'm just like I remember I, I literally was just like oh I literally didn't even think of it that way like I was just like yeah. oh these are just like my my friends or just wrestlers that are are you know good and people that i that I enjoy seeing and that people that the crowd enjoys seeing so like naturally those would be the people that we would have on the show and doesn't matter like who you know what they look like or what they believe in and stuff it's just this is this is entertainment and we you know we want to bring to you the best possible show that we we can every month and you know we include everybody yeah
1: I mean is, wouldn't it be lovely if life could be like that as well so I'm so thankful to be a part of something that gets to give that to people even if it's people showing up with their own custom-made replica belts. shout out to Pat <laughs> <laughs> who honestly has every single champion a scientist
2: belt that's pretty cool that is it that is going to be a keepsake like in, in a couple i mean it already How is a keepsake me.
3: <laughs> yeah if you bring the belt you have to defend it. it's that's what the I'm saying. This is a rule. it's a rule <laughs> to any show I've... it's at least in the logan square rule book uh kim you can probably back me up about uh the area and the surrounding rule books and keep me honest there but a lot of different things um a lot of different things happened. I, I've highlighted a few of them. We just talked about, you know, the 50th show, five years. Uh, you talked a little bit about this, the Freelance Wrestling Academy starting up. Um, kind of, uh, that's something new. Can you talk a little bit about how that started and ultimately kind of where it sits today and kind of give an update?
2: Well, we, you know, we had talked about doing it for for a while and and, and Bryce had already been running training uh, classes out in Villa Park for, uh, you know, years and mm-hmm. it's just – it's so hard because I would get hit up all the time by people like being, how do I get involved in wrestling? How do I do this? How do I do that? And I would always just be like, well, there's practice and, and training happening out in Villa Park. If you could, if you you know, you want to make the drive, it's not that far, but a lot of people don't have cars and they take public transit and it's, it's a nightmare to get out there. Um, so we kind of just like, I had been had been talking about it for a while and I was going to like buy a ring and just, you know, we were looking into getting our own building and then uh you know working at pro wrestling tees uh my boss just comes up to me one day he goes in in typical Ryan fashion if anybody's met Ryan you know how he is he's just like hey uh i bought a wrestling ring and i was like oh yeah where where you going to put it cuz i had been i had been bugging him for probably well over a year at that point to be like yo you should totally get a get a wrestling ring you should get a wrestling ring dude and like we were going to put it in the in the the shop but like realistically that would have never worked there's not <laughs> there's not there's only so much room we have there but uh, uh close to that time he had acquired uh, another warehouse just down the end of the alley from from where the shop is so it's like you know still close enough it's walking like you know probably like t- 20 steps it's away there, but yeah. and uh he's like yeah i'm gonna get it and, and put it down there you know and, and i was like oh uh, what are you gonna do with it? And he goes, uh, I don't know, because I had given him ideas about like doing, oh, you do meet and greets in the ring, and like you can yeah. have your logo all over it, and I think that kind of pushed him into into getting it. And uh, and then I was like, well, do you think we could do practices there? And he's just like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> and yeah, that's, uh, so right. that's kind of how <laughs> it happened. So and right. then I talked to you know talked to the guys, and I was like, hey, like let's let's do this. And it it took a little bit like. Cause when we got the ring, it didn't come with wood. Um, so we had to get wood, we had to get a cut and everything. And then just, it took a, it took a couple months from then when when he had gotten it, uh, to when we were able to start running practices and stuff. But like, uh, the initial response to people, like, I'd be like, Hey, we're doing the school now. If you, if you're interested, email here, boom, like every day it was just so many emails every day. And, And naturally not everybody, you know, came to the first you know our yeah. initial day but like the people that did mo- like I would say of every of the, of the all the people that, that signed up initially I would say 99 98 or 99 percent of them are still around like a lot of those kids that signed up kids most some of them are like older than me but uh <laughs> uh kids in, in the wrestling stance but they they they're like we were talking about earlier they're so passionate and just and just they want to be involved in wrestling so bad and you know they they're also hungry to learn and we've we've been able to do so many different seminars there with like Simon Simon uh, Simon Gosh Simon Grin um, Ultimo Dragon we did a seminar with Ultimo Dragon at the school um, I think we did we did one with uh, TJP with uh, with with uh, Pro um, and I'm sure I'm just missing a whole bunch but like uh, this is from getting hit on the head too many times guys but uh, but no like it, it's it's awesome that we have this like this place now to to be able to yeah. obviously so the kids can have some place to to learn and have have consistent practice every week because i remember when i was coming up when i trained it was one day a week and that was it yeah this now they have four days a week
0: but i mean ali shows up every once in a while and does yes it. and, yeah. and I'll, yes i'll Kevin leave. harvey
1: shows up like, kevin
2: harvey helps yeah. out uh, immensely he's one and of the just the, recently
1: uh worked with rise and have uh Soraya knight didn't she run us Yeah, session?
2: he he had Soraya Knight come in and, and help out with the kids as well. They had been, we had to step out of Pro Wrestling Tees for a little bit uh, due to like space-wise, but we are moving back there after the new year uh, while we are actually in the process of finding our own building as well. That process is taking a lot longer than we initially expected, but hey, noth- uh, Rome wasn't building day, right? Right. Uh,
3: <laughs> Was this something that you ever first saw happening, opening a school for... Kids in Chicago for folks that are looking for an outlet to learn wrestling. Uh, was this something that you had ever envisioned, or something that just um, kind of stumbled into?
2: No, so not not initially. Um, I know, I, like I had taught, we had talked, like you know, in car rides, you know, re- wrestling wise, um, we'd always talked about like what you know, what are we going to do like in X amount of years? And I'd always said, that, like I, I, you know, I've coached, I coach, I have coached in the past uh, youth wrestling. And for me, it was, like, I, I did it because, like, I, I, I wrestled for that team when I was younger, and the coach, Coach Joe of, of Beta <laughs> fame, um, was, to me, like, a second father growing up, and, or a third father, if you want to, if you <laughs> talk to Andy <laughs> Long. Um, but but, but I, I always, I, I, I felt very um, driven to, like, give back, you know, to those kids, you know, that that I had, you know, we had you know, younger coaches helping out that were in college or so so when I was there and I learned so much about wrestling when I was coaching because like for one, I had, I was designated to be the tots coach, which is four and under.
3: Oh, that was tater tots.
2: Yeah, basically. (laughs) But so coaching like, you know, three and four year olds, how to wrestle is not as easy as it sounds. And, it it it, t- it took a lot of um, patience and just figuring out ways to kind of like get these certain techniques across to kids who are you know little little kids, and I I found that it it actually made me a better wrestler uh, to kind of like take di- like you know oh this is how you shoot a double leg takedown I know we're kind of getting a little off topic but
0: uh, <laughs> excuse me it's fine um, it's your show
2: yeah. Unfortunately, (laughs) Uh, uh, you know, here's how you do a double leg takedown and you break down, you break down each set of like the, the actual takedown. And for me, it was like, oh, this is incredible, like learning experience for myself. And I'd always said like, when I get to a certain point in my wrestling career, when I feel comfortable with it. I would love to open up a wrestling school and teach people, but I was like, I always said like it would be I'd have to be wrestling for at least ten years before I would even remotely feel comfortable like mm-hmm. telling other people, hey, this is how you do it, because I'm still learning. And to this day, I, I, I you know, I, I come to practices when I'm and I'm able to, you know, with work, uh, my work schedule permitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still don't always feel super comfortable like telling these kids like, hey, this is how you do it. I always go like. If they ask me, because some of them do ask me, and I'll be like, "Well, listen to what they are telling you because they know what they're talking about." (laughs) But also, like, this is what I do in this certain, you know, scenario, and uh, you know, it's not right, it's not wrong, it's just the way that I do it, Mm -hmm. and that's that's the one thing that I always try to uh, teach them, if I if I if you want to call it teaching. Uh, is that like there is no really wrong or right way of doing things. It's just when you find your comfort level and you're able to kind of, you know, develop your own quote unquote style and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, perfecting the best way. But I guess in a roundabout question you asked about yeah. that, like <laughs> not like initially that I think that that was something and especially something to the,
3: you wanted to do eventually.
2: Yeah. And, and like, but like the way that, you know, with, with Isaiah and, and Bryce being phenomenal teachers and just yeah. like really hammering in the basics with these, with these guys and, and gals. Yep. And, um, yeah, it's, I'm very proud of what we've, what we've, we've established there because it's, it's stuff. Def, we're definitely, we've proven that we're, we are training the, a good crop of kids. And I think that that's just something that's going to be a standard now moving forward.
3: Good. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, when, uh, it was announced earlier this year, I was really excited about the, uh, the Academy starting because I know a lot of times I've seen just, on social media, I know folks have come up to you, maybe at the end of shows, maybe both of you yeah. at the end of shows, and asked like, "Where can I learn how to do this Absolutely, thing?" Absolutely, yeah, uh, all the um, time. Quite a bit, and I've always seen on social media people funneling people out. You know, well, we would talk about Bryce's uh, school and Villa mm-hmm. Park, but a lot of times it would be folks funneled out to you know to Minnesota or Life to Iowa, yes. yeah. 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 yeah, and things like that, where. Um, it's, it's good to finally have something here in the city for sure. I want to kind of switch gears a little bit to chat about um, on the show last year, we had some predictions, so to speak, um, about 2019. I want to revisit a few of those and chat through them real quick and then maybe talk through some of the awards and then talk about 2020. One of the ones that was actually one of your expectations or one of the things you wanted to see Kirby improve on in 2019 was the tag division. Absolutely. Talk a yeah. little bit about the tag division uh, and freelance and kind of what happened over the year 2019 and, and if it reached your expectations. Uh,
4: in a short answer, yes, absolutely it did. Uh, I really think we had some teams uh, – I think the Work Horsemen made that division for us. Mm-hmm. Um, they were dominant. Yep. They were a presence. Um, they pissed off the fans and got them – excited and into it and uh, had a heck of a run. And then you have the Space Pirates who are those, you know, lovable heroes that you want to see make it and they weren't and they weren't and they weren't. And those two teams alone did a lot for that division. But then we also brought in a lot of people as well. A lot of other teams that I think really made that division shine this year. So I was definitely happy
3: with it. I think the question all year was, you know, who can topple the workhorsemen because not only were they getting under the fan's skin, but also they were delivering month after month with just high action, high intensity, powerful matches, um... KML, were there specific matches that maybe stuck out to you in the reign of the work? Uh, first off, talk about the reign because I know you got the stats and you're just ready to Ooh, rattle. He's them salivating off. over there. I know that's uh, my only value. I can bring <laughs> stats. You got a good memory. I
1: have no other. Yeah. He, he
3: does bring Scotch. That he is true. Scotch. Shout out Scotch. Uh, so, like, so about
0: like kind of what was interesting with the workhorse and one record breakers, right? Longest title reign uh, for the tag division, uh, most consecutive defenses. Uh, in one reign for anyone, right? Like, yeah. you know, Isaiah's record, the second time around uh, that we sometimes count, sometimes don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's my fault. Sorry. Uh, but I like the fact that, like, that's just, like, getting back to the idea of rivalries, like, Space Pirates versus World Horsemen, that actually had some, like, time. It started, what, April, right? That was the mm-hmm. triple threat with the hooligans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the confrontation after the match because uh, Space Pirates didn't get pinned. They stole the bolts in May. They had the double DQ in June. Uh they had something in July. I don't think the workhorse one was there, but there was something and then uh, the title they won the titles in August and they had one more match in October. Yes. Yep. So like that's a that's, that's like a, a pretty good, substantial that's chunk a of the good six months for uh, to kind of build a feud and I think uh kind of getting back to like that's like, another example of like actually trying to tell a story and getting trying to get like a team over and I thought actually worked out really well. And I thought those two teams had incredible <laughs> chemistry together.
1: Um, I also love the fact that freelance bought in uh, brought in new talent that maybe some of us weren't that familiar with like main state posse they were awesome yeah they were very very impressive um i hope we get to see them back um later on in the year we had kld and dan the dad you know as a chicagoan it pains (laughs) me to say that i enjoyed something very much so out of the uh, st louis but they're an awesome awesome scary combo and of course i would be remiss if I didn't mention my very favorite of jokesters, they let me another secret lair clubhouse one too many times, the take it home wreckers. Oh yeah. And and speaking of rivalry, like them just trouncing on poor Kenny Sutra. I mean, Matt Nix and Chris Castro coming in to help try to save the day. But I mean, there was some really righteous tag team stuff happening this year, including like a couple of heartbreakers, like Kenny getting trounced and boy, what happened to the N words?
3: Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. that was pretty. Uh, I well, we talked talk about like the ticket homewreckers. Uh, Corbin kind of just like creating his own little army uh, of of just people that, that he, I guess, feel like they've been neglected from freelance and you know that the crowd def- necessarily doesn't like you know t- guys that weren't necessarily getting buffed all the
0: time, right? Like Bucky had that run in twenty seventeen, right? One four straight matches was Isaiah's comeback match in mm-hmm. January, right? And doesn't get booked for a while, right? Uh, Buck, or sorry, Mikey had that one match like when he was still like, with like, Roscoe, Eat Lisa, or whatever that tag team was called. Yeah. Uh, yeah had it. one more booking, I think, in April of 2018 with uh, with Bucky, and then it doesn't get booked for a while. And, like, you kind of see, like, kind of their, like, their grievances with the company, but also this idea that you've got this guy in Corbin that's, like, been a mainstay, but also had that transition, right? Like, the guy that he was in, like, 2014, 2015, 2016, he was a comedic character, Mm-hmm. He goes on this run in 2017, becomes one of, kind of one of the main acts in the company.
1: And our champion. Let's not forget that. Former Freelance champion. He had a yeah. great, I think a great run with the title. And boy, did he piss a lot of people off in the best of ways.
3: Yeah. Uh, I have to <laughs> just uh, applaud Val and the Take It Home Records promos. All year were some of my favorite content to watch.
1: Thank just you. always
3: exciting. All, I mean, all four of you. Just a fantastic watch for uh, sure.
1: Don't. Have any aerosol or hand <laughs> soap anywhere near Mikey? That's all I know. Definitely
3: not. Um, but uh, Kirby, circling back to you, the tag team division this year: thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. As
4: far as where, as far as what they did, or where it's going to go, where it comparatively both? was compared both. to last year? Oh, yeah, okay. both. I definitely think I say thumbs up. I definitely, okay. I was very, very pleased. Like I said, with where it went, and uh, I think the sky's the limit. I think it's just going to continue. Um, I mean, there's, and I'm just, as I'm sitting here, you know, there's more and more people. Out, uh, the Ugly Ducklings oh, yeah. were yep. in this year, right? Yeah. Um, the Hooligans. Uh, gym, Gymnasty
2: Boys.
1: Gymnasty, Gymnasty Boys are so
4: dreamy. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had such amazing competition, even if it's just coming in for you know a show or two, uh, that I think we really did establish that division. So, I think the sky's the limit for next year for the tag teams.
3: I agree. One of the things that I had talked about on the show last year is I just wanted just more presence from strong female athletes. And this year, and Val, Val showing the strength. Uh, and <laughs> production, right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. But oh, hey,
1: yeah. by the way, thank you for that. i yes. got to say, I mean, Matt Nix especially, sorry bro, hmm? uh, always having faith in everyone regardless of gender and believing and pushing us to do a better job. I mean, I was just a freelance fan for years. And yeah, here I am. Getting to actually cut those promos with the Take It Home record weirdos.
3: <laughs> um, Val, obviously you can talk a little bit more just about kind of your journey and now working backstage with uh, a lot of the wrestlers, a lot of the talent, as well as uh, doing a ring getting announcing as well. Getting to work with Kirby well. is like to work a with Kirby. dream come true. Sorry.
4: i mean to make you feel <laughs> Nashville. No, blushing. No,
3: not in the least. But
4: um, I, I definitely would have to piggyback on that and say that you're actually doing a very good job. And... It's one of those things like for me, if I'm going to miss, and I think Nick will tell you this, I usually check tell him like, hey, I might miss, but let me see if valuable available first, because if she's not, I won't. Like I won't, I'll try my best not to miss. Um, and that's that's but that's that's good business. That's when that when you when you have a team in place, um, you know, that's what you want. You, you you want those go-to people that you know will be there for you in a pinch. And that's just another thing that you know, the freelance is home, the freelance is family. Um, that's what that's all about is having those people that were that were, that are there to pick up slack when there is, and there's always going to be. There's going to be family. There's going to be sickness. There's going to be who knows what. I, travel issues. You know, the fact that we have people that we can call on uh, that
3: can fill those gaps for us is is huge. I think. Um... I honestly think if freelance were to build a home from scratch, just the amount of people that would come together in that sort of moment and put the work in to put the sides up, put the foundation in sure, no. things. like We'd raise, we'd raise that bar. We would raise the bar for sure. <laughs> I'm really good with the pickaxe.
1: I used to work for CabTap
3: for <laughs> So Perfect. Uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the ladies that were in freelance in 2019. We got to see the Australian, Sensation, no pun intended, because it's not Craven, though we did get to see Craven. Uh, Shaz McKenzie, we got to see Thunder Rosa, Jordan Grace. Um, Jordan Grace making her return to freelance. Who's on the time.
0: original show, waited 50 shows to come back. <laughs> uh, Elena Black Opsie is a newcomer.
2: Laney w- Luck. Laney Luck. Laney Luck, yeah, definitely coming into her own
0: this year. The Sea Stars. Oh, Stars. Sea Stars. I'm hooked on a feeling,
1: ladies. <laughs> Yeah, Um, I mean, I I talk Matt's ear off all day long at Pro Wrestling Tees about like the women I really want to see happen. One of them I wish we could have snagged was Indy Hartwell, but props to her she got signed. But Shazza is one of those people that impressed me from all the years of going to Shimmer shows. And she just is so charismatic, so talented in the ring. She's really fun. Yeah. She's, and but she's a solid worker like she's a great wrestler and she has a great personality that people are just drawn to and you know she's hardcore
3: hashtag sign Shazza shotzi
0: and then we have like a shotzi. bunch of people at the game of the gender show too like oh yeah
3: definitely uh, and we could talk a little bit about you know how, how that kind of came to fruition but what I, I do want to talk about which was actually I, I really enjoyed was in September uh, the first all women Scrambled, affectionately known the She-Lance scramble she Lance. Uh, or She-Lance wrestling, uh, uh, the six person scramble, um, which was just, it was incredible to to for the crowd to just like yeah. kind of
2: take that into their own hands and and they were they I, they were chanting Sheelance wrestling, yeah. which I was like, wow, that's really awesome that they, they, they just kind of so do that. So many shit.
3: just cool chants in freelance, and it, it, of course it goes back to. Uh, just the the freelance faithful and the fans that come every month, and that was a big one, right? Um, they saw a great great opportunity to showcase six individuals very
1: distinctly different talents.
3: yes um six individuals in a match that i think they all absolutely rose to the occasion and shine in um there were other women's matches on the show as well but i think that one really stuck out to me as just kind of my favorite maybe even my favorite scramble all year
0: i mean it was also the same show that you had thunder rosa versus jordan grace you had a huge first time ca- ever yeah, first time ever a huge showcase between two big stars and new year wrestling that was a like, co-main of that show uh, and then like, I think, so Elena Black was in the freelance room, but she also had the storyline with like the following, so you, had like, the you following. Had, so you had a thread of the entire show with like women being involved and that was like a, a positive for the company to like, instead of just having like one match or possibly two matches, having like, like close to equal representation or at least closer than we've been previously. So yeah. one of the
1: many reasons why I love being a part of freelance and why I continue to always want to like do more and do better by freelance is that we don't treat it based on gender. But it's totally also okay to showcase and highlight how badass female wrestlers are. Absolutely. They're wrestlers first. And then also, by the way, they're badass females. And I just love that every show we have some impactful moment, virtually every show, have some impactful moment where women get to shine because as a female wrestling fan, I mean, shoot, I I tried to join the wrestling team in high school and I was told I could be the water girl. Granted, grandma's old. That was in the early 90s. Times have
2: changed. But
1: Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. And now you have the people like Elena Black. And even more so than that, you look at girls like, you know, Izzy of WWE, NXT, like watching them come up and see the opportunities that they're like, no, I'm not going to take Water Girl for an answer. It's pretty impressive. And I love that freelance can help to cultivate that.
3: Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, So in terms of, for me personally big thumbs up I think for freelancing just just year over year making strides to continue to elevate and push towards more and more representation of female athletes and uh, hopefully in 2020 that's something that we can continue to look forward to I have have confidence or I have faith for sure so um let's talk a little bit let's talk a little bit about some of our award categories every year um we turn it back over to the freelance faithful and allow them to give input and give the, uh, their thoughts on who won certain categories every year. Um, but, um, because we've just got this platform, I want to hear from the folks that, um, represent kind of the voice of freelance, kind of who their thoughts are and just kind of genuinely, um, if you haven't voted, uh, voting is still available, uh, or at least it'll be available through the second, I don't know when this podcast is going up, but, um, you can go onto the Facebook page or onto Twitter and there's a, Easy to maneuver Google Docs and submit your votes in. Um, But uh, just from talking to some of the wrestlers, a lot of the wrestlers really like – just, uh, you know, there's two folds to everything. There's intrinsic value and extrinsic value. Obviously, extrinsic is getting paid, right? Getting your payday. But intrinsic <laughs> is being told that you did a good good thing. Um, and I think that part of wrestling kind of gets overshadowed quite a bit because money is kind of cash's king at, 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 in the sport. And I think a lot of the wrestlers, they truly like seeing accolades and they like seeing things like this stuff. So it really means a lot to the wrestlers. So if you haven't done that already, I would encourage you to do so. Um we just talked a little bit about tag teams, but I want to talk a little bit about holy shit moment of the year. So um, holy shit moment, as defined, is the moment that really shocked you the most. Um, I won't limit it to the options that are available for voting. I'll just kind of put it out there. Um, but if you want to talk about one of these moments or just how you felt about it, that sort of thing, that's totally fine. Uh, the ones that are available to choose in the category are Craig Mitchell's package pile driver on Nick Gage back at Burn After Watching. Um, Kylie Ray's return at Game of the Genders. That was a very emotional moment. I'm sure we could talk a little bit about that. Um, B Rice turning on A Jizzle. Um, that happened at Things That Go Bump in the Ring. And then Joel Alonzo did that Avalanche DVD in the scramble match in November that like social media just went to blaze about. So, um, I'll start it off with you, uh, promoter, Matt, okay. <laughs> what was the one thing that st- stuck out to you well, this year? And you don't have to limit it to those. You can choose something else if you want. Uh,
2: well, like, you know, obviously for, for me being, you know, the quote unquote boss man mm. of the show, uh-huh. um, a lot of things that happen in the show make me just like, I'm like... Oh god, please don't. <laughs> uh, don't hurt get hurt and don't break this it's a chair. Lot of, like Maven. Oh, <laughs> Hoi Haven Maven. Uh, but uh, uh, like what you said with with these uh submissions, obviously like the the one that sticks out in my mind and everybody's mind. I'm sure everybody at this table um is Kylie's return at Game of Genders like yep. uh Kylie mm-hmm. taking, you know, a leave of absence from wrestling and and people kind of just not really sure what her future uh, held and just that show being, you know, being what it was, was going to be, it was, was definitely going to be a a fun and incredible show. Um, Shout out to Tony Nas for, for putting together that whole thing uh, essentially. And, really kind of just opening, opening, I think this area up to something that we haven't really seen. We've, we've had intergender matches before, but not mm-hmm. an entire show. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that we can, we can definitely build on in the future because, uh, it's definitely an attraction and I think it, people want to see more. Um, but literally not knowing until the day before.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That, yeah. that she's like, Hey, like, is this cool?
3: Yeah.
2: And we were like, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, we love you and we support you and anything you want to, any, any, like, yeah. obviously like we, um, we want you to be, a, you know, around the people that, that love and support you. And, and it was just, you know, I was standing out out and by not near ringside, but outside, uh, in the crowd and just the, that was probably the loudest reaction I've ever heard. Yeah. And it, it, it was, there wasn't like, Hundreds, and hundreds it of wasn't people the there. It was the
0: biggest like freelance crowd.
2: No, no, and this ever. was this was out yeah. of the this was not in the city. We were out in like the 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 south suburbs, I think
3: Frankfurt. or Yeah, something yeah. like, yeah. like
2: it, and it was our first time running there. Yep. Uh, a lot of like a lot of new faces out in the crowd, um, but man, did did it, it sounded like twenty thousand people in that that gymnasium because yeah. you know their favorite was was home. She yeah. came back and and. You know, I, I I'm not ashamed to admit that I teared up, you know, watching oh, yeah. this happen, and, and and just the the match itself was incredible. If you haven't if you haven't watched the show and and specifically go out of your way to watch this match because the yeah. the sheer raw emotion, especially after the match, um, just shared by everybody. You know, like I don't. I, you know, another cliche. There wasn't a dry eye in the house after that one. It, right, was, everyone, it was take a
3: shot every time you hear something <laughs> like cliche. I know, oh I, goodness, gotta I gotta stop. I gotta stop. I have to
2: stop. I know. Um
1: just say it and be proud. Yeah. But that
2: was god damn man, that was probably yeah. like prob not even just my favorite moment of the year, but like yeah. probably one of my favorite moments in, in wrestling, being involved in wrestling. It Easy, was just, it was magic.
3: Easily one of my favorite moments, one of the favorite, you know, the best things for me. Uh, to call that match. Um, like me, some folks may or may not know, me and Kyler Ray, we both started at the same time here in Chicago in Freelance Underground on the same show years ago. Really? And yeah, and we also started on Freelance on the same show may 19th, as well. 2017. That is correct. <laughs> so, um, but in general, that's just something like me and Kyler Ray, we've just kind of bonded on because she was like one of the nicest people that I got to chat with that first night in the locker room and we both had butterflies we were both nervous, things like that. Um, but to then see just how she's continued to grow and continue to just um, better and better and better herself in her craft. And then just the thought about not being able to see her at least perform here locally for a while and then getting that opportunity again, a lot sooner than we would have expected. And just the amount of emotion when she cut through the curtain, like, had my voice crackling, go out of your way to check out the match. It's mm-hmm. on IWTV.com. Use promo code freelance for 23 days. Check that match out um, because by the end of it, I had no voice. I was crying myself. It was very emotional for me um, and uh, for the people there in Frankfurt, <laughs> a place we had never been before. You know what I mean? But everyone come out, came out in droves and really showed out and showed up for that day. Um,
1: I feel like, I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like that's like the collective feeling I yeah. I don't I honestly don't have a different moment that would contribute any more than the two of you just did so if either of you two do but I mean I'm gonna roll with so like, team right there team i finally. don't
0: so was everyone else at this table at that show no so I, I, okay. I wasn't I yeah. watched it
1: secondhand and I still yeah. felt that electric and I yeah. I was like gutted that I wasn't mm-hmm. physically there due to my full-time job yeah.
0: so like I also wasn't at that show and I saw I've been on social media like I still haven't actually seen the match yet. but like still like, even through social media, that came across. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. every, like, video showing, like, Kylie's entrance or just, like, the announcement that she was there. It was, like – and I remember it was super – because, like, I – like, we had a show the night before, right? That was uh, I Want to Believe. Mm-hmm. I was like, – I, like, I hated my concert in that show. And, like, seeing Kylie come back was, like, a, like, just, like, a bright spot that, like, made my
2: weekend. Everything's right? going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, like, cool. Like, Kylie's yeah, here. I feel
0: like regardless of your perspective, just seeing that, like, all right, she's back. Like, she's doing what she, what she wants to do. It was amazing.
1: And on her terms, that's the best part Absolutely. of the all, I feel like, personally.
3: Yeah, there was a lot of shuffling to the card because of some last-minute cancellations. And um, she, on her terms, she she approached and decided to to do the match, and it was a fantastic match. I, I, I seriously think you should go out of your way and t- uh, take a look at it. Um, what about funniest moment of the year? Was there one thing that kind of stuck out to you? I don't want to read through just kind of the nominations, but if there's something that top of mind for anyone here... Um, that you want to talk about, by all means.
2: I feel like a lot of the things that that make me laugh the most are just the dumbest shit that like, <laughs> that, uh, that I'm mean, not alone, brother. That I can't even just like I, I couldn't even like recall something. It's just something yeah. that happened in the moment that maybe even like if if we talk about it afterwards, it's not as funny. But like, <laughs> uh, I guess it's kind of not really a good way of. Describing my so funny smoke, I, I don't have a I don't have a moment <laughs> thanks, per se. I
0: really appreciate your contribution <laughs> to the podcast.
1: I,
2: I don't I don't have
0: maybe a moment we should the, the nominees just so we have like something to work I just, on. I with.
1: feel like every yeah. time I hear or, or like I hear Eric Cannon do or say anything, it's maybe not your like bash you in the face with a pie kind of funny, but that dude has some ridiculous quips that just make me you know things that make you go hmm, again to quote our senior hall the night, but yeah. like. I, I just, I know he doesn't always do comedy spots. He's not a big comedy, comedy, comedy guy. But yeah. that dude is really, really subtly funny, I think.
3: Yeah, and I don't think it gets shown uh, as often as it should. But yeah, you're right. Uh, there's various times throughout the year where uh, he would do just something little in the mat that just be funny and um, just in passing or just chatting, things like that. That would be comedic genius.
0: Let me give a shout out to Sterling and Zach on commentary. They have me dying all the time. Like <laughs> I can't react. I, I hate it. But like uh, I don't know if you started it this year. It might have been last year. But the uh, every time Jazz does the uh, the, the, mm. the 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 leg the uh, leg drop combination of the five knuckle shuffle, and he goes in like in memory of like the late great John Cena, and I die every time. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
3: no one's seen him, so that's pretty good. Okay, he, he may be gone, but yeah, it's every time. Jazz drops the fist drop, that's kind of my go-to reaction or what I say, and that's just hilarious.
4: Was the dinosaur baby that was that was that this year or was that last that year?
3: That was that was uh, last year.
0: Hey, throw it out there. It's not like that's one of my favorite moments. <laughs> listen,
2: man. listen, I beat the shit out of that baby dinosaur.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're on a lot of when, uh, a uh, dinosaur list. Like fan clubs hate you. This is
2: why. This is what they don't allow me in the museum anymore.
3: <laughs> when, when Clark Feldman went over and checked on
4: him to make sure he was okay.
2: <laughs> it's dude, that's what I mean. Like it's uh, the dumbest shit that like really just kind of tickles me and.
4: But my, my funniest moment at almost every show, and it's not like funny in a comedic way, but it makes me laugh out loud every time, is the squad. And their hatred for somebody and there's spittle involved and there's people (laughs) losing their voices and it's just, and, and, and fingers and just everything. And they're just, they're just so adamant about hating. And it's contagious too. Like it it, it really
2: does. It, they, it helps, it helps engage the rest of the crowd as well. Especially if it's it's some, some people's new uh, first time attending a show and stuff they kind of just like oh okay this is what we're supposed to do
3: and yeah like right.
0: it's a tone that like you can be rowdy and have fun and like chant like this is like this is an environment where like you can let loose just have fun
3: yeah it really sets the table for the wrestlers when they cut through the curtain regardless if they're cheered or if they're booed or they're getting yelled at by Jeremy uh Darren Corbin I actually <laughs> I, I,
2: I recant what I said before I do actually have a funniest Uh-oh. moment oh please share <laughs> uh that that would probably be um in November, in the, the the Survivor Series match, just Olsen getting oiled up like a <laughs> like a like a Thanksgiving turkey, turkey
0: yeah, <laughs> the thinnest Thanksgiving turkey. Thin, yeah,
2: the thinnest seen. turkey. God, that was that turkey. was definitely a sight to see.
3: Yeah, he he probably enjoyed every single minute of that. <laughs> um, well, we, me and Val, we shared a little bit about what we thought our show of the year was, which was.
1: Sleepless in Chicago.
3: Sleepless in Chicago. Nine,
1: wasn't it two nineteen
3: nineteen? Not
0: nineteen. Oh crap! I should know this. <sighs> no, it was, I was it the, No, I think it was the first. It was February first. I'm like 95 percent sure it's February 1st. You have a better idea. The, dang,
1: dang, you are correct. It is two one That's, right. that's is always that's
3: his claim to fame. He's that's always the, spot o- on. That,
0: that's the only thing you I can tell you the time of the matches. The that
1: was our first show of the year.
0: It was yeah. So Wapner, I need I need to get home to see Wapner.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <that's> Honest, <laughs> a, so we're not
0: going to go into January I Love the show, right? That's not part. Of, that's not part of canon.
2: Uh, I mean, it's a, definitely a show that happened. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: Um, so, not what a, was your favorite show? It was the GCW show, right? Yeah.
1: It's not our okay. official. We're not counting it. Yeah. yeah,
2: it wasn't in Logan Square, uh, unfortunately, but uh, but it, d- it definitely was a show that happened. It was uh, it was a great show. I really loved that show. It there was, was some a rad great.
0: Show.
2: Honestly, one of my favorite matches of this entire year that I feel like most people completely forget about oh, was for sure. oh, Darren man. Corbin versus Nick Gage, yeah. which goddamn that, that it established Darren Corbin as being a legitimate. Badass, badass motherfucker, going toe to toe with one of the baddest motherfuckers on this planet. My
0: favorite part of that show was that fucking a lot of the night it felt like it was like a majority GCW crowd, uh-huh. so they were it was all the GCW guys getting a chance. <coughs> Main event happens, all basically like not maybe not all like eighty percent pro Darren Corbin, which was incredible.
2: incredible. Yeah. He was a
0: heel at freelance,
1: and he was shocked. Like I was just watching his face; he was shocked because he was he was ready for Jeremy and all the yeah. others to come flying, middle fingers high, all ablazing. And instead, they were like starting chants and cheering him on. And it was the only time, maybe in his entirety, of freelance it, where he had the fans behind him. It was
0: like I remember like thinking I was like, "What's going on, commentary He's like, "Crap! This is like how's he gonna get his heel heat back? Like if he's like the like you." Sp- like the entire crowd wanted to see him beat like of
2: all people, Nick Gage, right? As you could never ever it was like not to not to compare it to something as incredible as Rock Hogan, but like yeah. goddamn, like yeah, that was like no, it was, was something like Rock in the Hogan. same in the same uh in the same uh way is like, you know, the Rock coming out as the big baby face and Hogan coming out as the big heel, and the crowd was just like, No, 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 we love Hulk Hogan because he's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. And they, our crowd was like, we love Darren Corbin because he's he's freelance. Yeah, and it was it was just wild to see. And that. also, shout
0: out to like, Gage was so good about like turning it around and like just doing his job, like recognizing like how that like match was. Well, he like, just beats people up. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it helps a, it's too. A Can I
3: also people say- forget Gage is a fantastic professional wrestler? Oh, <laughs> very, very <laughs> ridiculously good. Yeah.
1: Um, another very good wrestler that I don't think a lot of the freelance faithful was familiar with is Tony Deppen. And oh, that's yes. one of the first times that I know a lot of Chicagoans got a taste of Deppen, and I mean they were eating him up.
3: Yeah. He can fucking go. Yeah. He,
2: that is a guy that like I've I've, I've known Tony Deppen at
3: his hump off for years. Yeah, I've
2: no, I've known Tony Deppen personally for well over ten years at this point, and he's always been a incredible wrestler. And to see him get the recognition. Uh, that he's been getting in the last like couple of years That's is right. is incredible. And I think like, you know, there's this like uh stigma with him that like anybody that, that works with Deppen gets signed. I was yeah. about
4: to say the exact same thing.
2: And you know, 2020, I I would love to see Tony Deppen get that Rest opportunity. Me. <laughs> Wrestle <laughs> me. Wrestle me again. Honestly, well was, right, was, I'll, say, I'll say this as well. Uh I you know me as a wrestler, I I did not wrestle as much in 2019 as I have in the past, mm-hmm. and uh, of, of 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 all the matches that I had this year, um, my favorite being my match with uh, Shotzi Blackheart at Bizarre Lucha. But my second favorite match, which I think attests to uh, to Deppen being so great, uh, is the tag match on that January show, is me and Olsen against Tony Deppen and and Jimmy Lloyd and. Man, he just he just brings the best out of everybody. And I would I personally would love to see more Tony Deppin in freelance and I think uh you know if he isn't signed by the time this g- comes out, you know, yeah. who knows.
1: Um and this is a slightly off tangent, but it goes with my favorite matches of yours. And it was a very quick one, but it was a moment I will never forget was you against Cody Rhodes.
3: When did that happen? Oh, I'm just you kidding. know. Oh, yeah, that, no oh wait a minute. But there, okay, so never
1: mind. I didn't know that you were going to come out. I thought you were going to be part of like the cavalcade of craziness <laughs> with Chris Jericho. I never expected to see my friend, my coworker, my boss, you know, like wrestling the son of a plumber's son. You know, I mean, like it was great, like watching. But the thing that really tripped me out was all the people that were there that started chanting freelance wrestling and AEW Dynamite show. On Blackout Wednesday, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I mean, just walking around with my freelance hoodie on, people were like, hey, Val. And even when I had my freelance hoodie off, people were like, I love you and Kirby. You're the best announcers. And it was so cool. Like, is Kirby here with you? You guys always hang out together, right? (laughs) Uh, Not as often as I would like to, but he's got a family. But like the fact that random strangers I've never met in my life were coming up to me and like saying, what a good job we do at freelance. And then... Cody letting us like kind of soak in that moment, and freelance wrestling was a chant that was heard on TNT. Like that was a moment of this year. I didn't
3: want I didn't want want Nick to get too emotional on his own podcast, but that is probably how could
1: I not bring that up? That
3: is probably uh, without a shadow of doubt, at least for me as well, one of the biggest moments of the year. Not only for just talking and working with Nick for so many years in general, but also just the the amount of work that goes into making these shows possible and not only to get the opportunity, but also to get the opportunity shown back to you from the fans. Talk a little bit about that moment at Dynamite the day before Thanksgiving. You're in a match with Cody Rhodes. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and they're attending <are> <laughs> your company. Uh, yeah.
2: So I won't go like too deep into this because I, if you listen to this podcast, I did talk about it on the previous episode. So uh, if you want to hear me go really deep into it, that, that's you can go in there. But uh, But I will say this. Um, showing up that day had zero idea what we were doing obviously just hired on as an extra talent I you know just you just do what they want you're yeah. basically just hired help you you do whatever and uh, when they they came up to me and they were just like uh, how how long have you been wrestling again and I was like oh, 10 years and he's like uh, cool you're gonna you're gonna be the one and I was like the one what and he's like you're gonna you're gonna wrestle Cody tonight and I'm just like Oh, oh, okay, yeah. So and who, who told you this? Who, who brought this? Team? Uh, QT Marshall. He's uh, in charge. He's he's basically the one in charge with uh, booking the extra talents and stuff like that. Great guy. Love yeah. him. Here's our old
0: man. 90- you guys know who he is. Is he famous? <laughs> <laughs> I have <never laughs> well, no idea.
2: Well, he's well, he's he's. Uh, that he helps out with like a lot of the backstage stuff with. Okay. with uh, but he's AEW, also a wrestler. But he also wrestles as yeah. well. He, he
1: just. I like with, that you were looking at me like Val. Do I know him? Should I know, him? Team, Val, you know him? And I'm like, yup, nodding my head. He also has a
2: great. He has a great wrestling school down in Georgia as well. Exactly. Um, but so I was kind of just like, uh, like I thought it was like a, a joke, like a rib, and I was like, yeah, sure. And he's like, is that cool? And I'm like, yeah. And and he's like, cool. So like you know he Cody comes over and and I've met Cody a bunch of times while working at the shop and stuff and. Um, we just talked about it and, and easy, easy easy stuff. We go out there. I was zero percent nervous the entire time. Zero percent. Like it was just like, oh this will be easy, whatever. Um I was not nervous until his pyro went off and I was standing out there and then I was just like that's oh, when he started pacing. <laughs> because I also like like really loud noises like that kind of make me nervous. Um but uh but no, like and to me, like once once we were in the ring, um I was back to my nerves again and and it was it was fun it was really fun and when we circled and we we both could very audibly hear freelance wrestling yeah free and like we both kind of like he he stops and he does like a little look around and he looks at me and kind of smirks and i was just like uh, oh no <laughs> like i thought i was gonna get in trouble and uh you know that was that was a lot of fun, and then and yeah. you know afterwards just talking to him, and you know th- thank you again so much for the opportunity. This was this was awesome. Like this is probably the coolest thing I'll ever do, uh, in wrestling. Um, you know it it could have been it could have been anybody out there, and but it you know luck be be had on me. It was it was me, and but it was it and and that having that experience was awesome, and I'll never forget that. And it's cool, that's fine, but like literally just to hear you know, even if it was just like a thousand people, but like just that people kind of like audibly like making noise for, for like, for the company that like, that I, that I started from nothing. And like five years later, here we are, you know, packing in, you know, as many people as we possibly can at the Logan Square Auditorium. We're selling season tickets. Now we have live streaming with IWTV, uh, people watching from all over the world, people that are like recognizing freelance wrestling as like a legitimate Top tier independent company in the in the world uh, is fucking insane, and yeah. for you know a, a twenty thousand seat arena to be chanting that company's name will probably be you know aside from like me having my firstborn child will probably be the be- biggest moment in my life.
4: Is that something you're announcing? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was no. gonna go like, well, <laughs> a born
2: yeah, child. Yeah. Well, yeah. obviously yeah. when that happens, yeah. that will be the biggest moment <laughs> of my life. But this is a damn close second.
3: I I think uh, we talk about all the time with wrestling. You get what you put in to wrestling. And you've put, you just rattled off a bunch of stuff. You've put into wrestling a lot. You know what I mean? And this was your get. And this was a huge get for you. And um, and it was great for me. I mean, I know me, Val, we were sitting there ringside. We see, because it was right before commercial break. We see you. Waddling out Purple geared up. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, purple, right?
1: Purple Purple geared up.
3: thick as hell walking right past <laughs> us <his> <laughs> pretty thick yeah three c's that's yeah. why i got a singlet now uh, walking right past us you're waiting on the outside not in the ring yet and we're like holy crap that's that's nix <sighs> yeah. what's going on and
1: was, they like, come back from the commercial mom, like fumbling with her cell phone trying yeah. to take your picture oh darling that's so <laughs> <crap>. <laughs> oh, okay.
3: and then they come back from the commercial and that's when the pyro hits Co- cody comes out and we're like oh crap it's yeah this is like a thing this is awesome you know um, but it was, it was a great, great thing. And I think, uh, if anything, it put freelance more on the map and it was a great opportunity for you to really get something back from all the hard work and everything that you put in for the year. But,
1: but that's why I think it's essential that we mention it in a best of yeah. 2019 show. I literally didn't that's even true. like
3: remember. Because you are so damn
1: humble. You don't remember all the hard work you put in my friend. <laughs> yeah. But you know,
0: yes. Uh, it, but to finish off crucial. the topic in terms of like, you know, favorite show of 2019, uh, I, I think War Is Inevitable is on my Mount Rushmore for freelance events. Of
2: I mean every every year, damn near yeah. the December show just it never was planned that way. But the December shows usually just kind of culminate like all the the work that we put in in the year, and, and it usually is one of the best shows, if not the best show, every year. And like you said, this year's December show, War Is Inevitable, was probably one of the best freelance shows that we've ever had.
0: Yeah, it, for me, it's uh, I think I put it like one a and one b with freelancers versus the world too that's how good i thought this wow. show was yeah for me like that was the gold standard right like i mm-hmm. don't think like the entire like, like that was a threat of the entire show like you had like you know arguably two best you know wrestlers that like have been a part of this company but to have three kind of like matches of the quality of you know is and pat uh ego and kylie uh Effie and Eye Candy on the same show. And also, all the other matches were also, re- like, there wasn't a bad match on that
2: card. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, not like every match had, like, something, right? The Scramble had the whole, like, you know, like, you know, you had Wayne winning her 30 second match, becoming kind of starting to, like, really build her resume there. You had the whole AJ Gray thing, like, the GCW component. You had the Ticket Home Records and Kenny and mm-hmm. their thing. Uh, there was just so much, so much story built in that show, and, like, like that's that's a show that like I'll go back and watch. Like actively just wanting to like kind of re, like remember the, like all the things that happened there. And I loved it.
3: Yeah. Same, yeah. Um let's I mean the awards are available. Go out there and vote. Um when do, when do they close, you said? They end on the 2nd and, then my then birthday. and and
1: this
2: is so yeah. this is going up on on the
3: 1st.
1: Give me a birthday yeah. present. So Both tomorrow, so
2: if you're listening to yes. this right now, tomorrow the the voting will close. So make sure, pause this podcast right now, or wait until it's done. I don't really care. Yeah. Just go vote, because we we want you guys to be engaged. We want to hear what you think. We need, we the, wanna, feedback. We need the feedback. We yep. love, we crave your feedback.
3: <laughs> there are also opportunities on that Google Form to submit feedback for wrestlers you want to see a little bit more prominently in 2020, wrestlers you want to see debut in 2020, as well as just feedback and thoughts for freelance, and just how we can continue to improve the experience as well as... Uh, help make that destination that it's become for a lot of people uh what i want to do and i'm not sure how we are on time i want to just kind of go round table and talk through just some of the uh some of the different uh some of the different things in 2020 you want to see um or just kind of some predictions or you could do bold predictions you could do um just some of the things you want to see just put it out there and then You know, uh, again, maybe it's something we can revisit next year or something where we take a look and see how we did.
2: Well, uh, why don't you start us off?
3: Yeah. um, I think that the biggest thing for me, um, I personally think in 2020 for freelance wrestling is I want to see it become uh, more talked about, more mainstream. Um, I want it to rise to the level of beyond wrestling. We put on a kick-ass show with kick-ass production with kick-ass people month after month um, that I feel like people talk about. Um, outside of the folks that are really dedicated and, and really love freelance, the, the family that we talk about, the freelance faithful. But I think more people and more eyes need to get onto freelance. And I hope in 20, uh, 2020, I think we're going to be able to provide that. And I think we're making some of the things to do that. But there's just, um, I want to see a lot more content. I want to see a lot more folks just going out on their own, a lot more wrestlers going out on their own and creating content, making uh, more um, stories, I should say, in between shows. Um, and that's probably the biggest thing for me that I want to see uh, in 2020.
2: Okay, Mel, what do you think about you?
3: Pretty related.
0: So I think like, so, and what I'm really excited about 2020 is I feel like we are in the right direction in terms of just like kind of ma- making everything kind of go more smoothly in terms of like the professionalization. Like what was the kind of the great thing of Freelance early on was the spontaneity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're starting to find the right balance between still being spontaneous and fun, but also like a lot of guys that are like kind of more mature in wrestling and like kind of. I the serious is not the right word, but like, I feel like, like for example, I'll give like my example on commentary. I think in twenty nineteen, I think our commentary kind of like improved leaps and bounds, yeah. and I think we put a lot more effort in terms of like making sure we we're kind of prepared, and kind of ready to do our stuff. And I think I saw that in terms of like production and wrestling. I think I saw that everywhere. Like everyone, kind of like, all right, like this is something. This can really be something. Let's all work hard in order to make that something. And I think twenty twenty will only be kind of an improvement of that. Absolutely.
4: What I want to see, and it's something that just popped in my head, I'm surprised that it didn't come up at all, especially with talking about how great the last show of the year was, is I just want to see more people. I want to see freelance becoming a destination, and it is already, and I want to see that trend continue with people coming back to freelance or coming to freelance, making freelance their home when it wasn't before. And we hadn't mentioned at all is the coming to freelance of Josh Alexander.
2: Oh, oh yeah, yeah absolutely. That, how did yeah. we, right? how we like, forget oh, yeah. that? How have we
4: not talked about <laughs> that? And but that's you know that's the kind of stuff I'm looking forward to even more of. I'm hoping there's more of that happening because people are waking up and realizing and seeing everything that's being put into this company and maybe giving getting frustrated with some of the other BS that goes on in wrestling and and not just Chicago but just in wrestling period and we, like want to make freelance their home and want to be part of the magic that's being created in yeah. Logan Square Auditorium and in Chicago and by us. Um, so that's what I want to see more of. I want to see people realizing that this is the place they need to be, not even just want to be. They have to be there and they're going yeah. to leave the other places and, you know, or just start to make this
1: their home. Yeah. Val? Um, I don't know if this is going to be a very popular opinion because some people might think that we don't need this. But <laughs> as somebody that's... Very, very proud of the fact that freelance doesn't necessarily um, pay any mind to gender. I still think that we should have a woman's title, and I don't think there's anything wrong with celebrating the badass women of freelance. And it doesn't mean that it would hold any less weight than a championship title, than a world championship. It's just a different belt to obtain. And there's always got to be, it wouldn't necessarily be a, a mid card, that's where the women stop, because we've already shown that. At least one woman so far has blown the roof off the joint. Mm -hmm. But, you know, why not have another level of excellence for the women to obtain? And I don't think there's anything wrong with celebrating a women's title, just as we have the legacy title and the tag title. And, of course, the ultimate, the freelance world champion. So it may not be the popular opinion, Absolutely. but it is mine. Why
3: can't the women's championship be the ultimate?
1: Well, I mean, I personally think it is. I think there's, there's no too.
3: reason. There's no reason that it can't be. <laughs> yeah.
1: Lady <laughs> Luck like <you love> 2020.
3: <laughs> <laughs> submit your ballots. Um, <laughs> I think those are all really good. Uh, one, I won the plus one. Maybe it's a plus one on Kirby's, but one that what really attracted me to freelance at the onset was... It was always, uh, it always felt like home because there was a lot of folks that were consistently show after show. But there was also that one or two people that were brought in from other companies or other shows that may have maybe were higher elevated names or just more established guys. And they would come in and wrestle our guys uh, and gals and just really. Just in a showcase. And they'd just be here for one show or whatever it may be. But that show would, that that match would absolutely kill it. I remember when Isaiah Velasquez would go out there and just have killer matches. Uh, I think the first show I went to, I think it was him and, was it him and Jimmy Rave maybe? Did they wrestle? Oh, that was
0: what, February 2017? I was just going to say, I actually kind of knew that one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) So, like, month after month, there was, like, uh, you know, it was our guys versus them. It, it kind of felt like us versus them sort of thing, where it was just a, an elevated talent on the independence that would come in and wrestle, you know, some of our top people and really showcase them and uh, give them a lot of shine. I'd love to see that in 2020 as well.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Um, I guess for me, uh, and and I guess, like, for, for me, it's since I'm the one in charge of everything, like, I kind of can...
1: To make it can happen. Can make anything
2: yeah. happen. Not yeah. anything, but... Um, as we talked about earlier, like, the growth of freelance, not only in the in the last five years, but in the, just in the last year in general, like, you know, this past year, uh, in 2019, was the first year that we offered uh, the sale of season tickets. And yeah. uh, shout out to James uh, for... James Camione for that one, because he he's like, why don't you do this? And I was like, I don't know, you think people are going to care? Like, I didn't think... I just honestly didn't know. It was, I, you know who do, what do I know you know and uh he goes yeah you know you should try it out and and we did and we we sold you know a decent amount and so this year you know we are doing the season tickets again and and just damn near doubled the amount of people that signed up and like yeah. I'm just that that kind of outpouring support and just people that are like we we need to make sure that we're going to be at every show now is yeah. like awesome and with that continued growth you know we, we've we've you know, increased our numbers of people that are coming out to the shows and stuff. And, and for 2020, my, my goal, and this is, this is somewhat of a lofty goal, but definitely one that's obtainable. Uh, I want by the end of this year to be drawing close to a thousand people at our shows, if at least by the end of the year, if not consistently. And I think we have the, the right amount of the right kind of talent and just people on our, on our team and the great support from our, our city and just, I think we yeah. can do it. I think it's like I said, it's a lofty goal, but it's damn, damn possible for us. I think
3: you, I mean, put it out there. I mean, I think you have another big stretch goal that maybe some folks know about. Maybe some folks don't know about in terms of what you want to do from a promoter standpoint with freelance and get it out there. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Where do you want to run?
2: My, well, m- my dream venue uh, <laughs> in this, in this beautiful, beautiful city of Chicago is uh, the Aragon Ballroom. Shout out Uptown. Shout out to Uptown. <laughs> Shout out
1: Tall Dad. My dad's the stage manager there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we
2: already have an in. The
4: Aragon Brawl
1: Room. Brawl Thank you very room. much.
2: This is, see, this is... Yeah.
1: It quite literally was called that because they used to have metal shows there and they used to have seated shows and they would rip up all the chairs and throw them all around and it would be an infinite brawl. And there was roller derby there back in the day, so why not wrestling there in the future? I think. Sorry, Tall Dad. I was probably one of those guys. That <laughs>
3: like,
1: <laughs> you were the reason why I wasn't allowed on the floor as a child.
2: I think. I think it's possible, and I think, with our, if we continue our tra- trajectory, I can't really pronounce words very yeah. well sometimes, but I did a good, good job, job that good time. Job. Uh, with our current trajectory, why not 2020? Yeah. Let's fucking do this shit. Yeah. Oh
3: yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, I, I think that's uh, a fantastic goal. I think it's something that we can definitely do, but we couldn't do it without <laughs> the fans continuing to come out month after month. Absolutely. Continuing to support us. Uh, the full schedule is out there. We've got 12 shows on the docket once a month mm-hmm. uh, as it exists right now. Um, our next show coming up is January 10th. It is 2020. New start time.
1: New bell time.
3: Freelance Odyssey. Val hit the nail on the head. New start time. New bell time. Doors will open at 7 o'clock. The show will start at 8 o'clock. Tickets are still available at www.freelancewrestling.com. If you're hearing this podcast, you will still have a little bit of time to um, try and become a season ticket holder for 2020. That gives you access to all the shows for the year as well as some additional perks. Uh, Those perks are out there on um, social media as well as if you're not familiar with them, you can just shoot a quick email stating your interest to uh, freelancewrestling at gmail.com um are there any additional kind of parting words you guys want to put over your social medias things like no, that let's, so we let's kind do of that yeah.
0: yeah let's everyone put, up, put over their stuff everybody do them at the same time <laughs> <it>.
3: <laughs> um i'll go first uh at sterles underscore r on instagram as well as at rr sterling on twitter you can follow me there i interact pretty regularly um came k underscore mel 91
0: on twitter but i mostly tweet about like basketball and soccer so you probably don't want to follow me <laughs> <laughs> At Kirby the Voice on
1: Twitter. Follow the Voice. Oh, um, I have the Twitters and the Instagrams. I don't know. It's at Val Capone on Twitter and at Val because it's not Valerie, except for if you're Matt Nix. <laughs> v A L P H O N S E. And I talk about wrestling on Schedule for One Fall podcast. Ooh,
2: ooh. Uh, and then I'm just the Matt Nix on Twitter and follow the show, My Violet Podcast, uh, I'm both on Twitter. Uh, that's so My Violet Tendencies. Well, My Violet Podcast yeah. is the Twitter is handle because you couldn't fit tendencies. It's too many my characters. Bad. It's a whole thing. Twitter, Twitter <laughs> come on, fix your shit. At Twitter support. Yeah. we just in edit, but it But also, internet. I will have all, all of everybody's handles listed in the description of this as well. Um, thank you guys for sitting down yeah. and talking about this we you, crazy little wrestling company <laughs> yeah. that we got here. And,
3: um, we had a hell of a year in hell 2019. Of a, hell of a year. 2020, I can only expect it's going to be even better. Shout sure. out Johnny Walker Red. Shout out to Johnny Walker Red, making me <laughs> <Shout out to laughs> making me Red. talk a lot. Local Westtown Chinese food. Shout out to good people. <laughs> shout shout out, out to great Kirby. voices. Shout Aww.
2: out
1: to Kirby. <laughs> shout out
2: to you if you're listening to this. Yeah. Because.
1: And to Kelly Maestro for dragging me to freelance all those years ago.
2: All right. I hope everybody has a wonder had a wonderful New Year's, and uh, we love you all. We'll, we'll you do guys. this again
0: December of 2020. Yes. We'll see you in the new year.
2: Peace out.